For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and I'm still giving off CO2, which the International Energy Agency apparently thinks I shouldn't. And the usual suspects apparently think that it's a huge deal that yet another government-funded body has jumped on the net-zero bandwagon. But what's really a big deal is that he who pays the piper calls the tune, but the singer can't seem to find proper lyrics to the second verse. That's the one about how you do it. The press, a noted hotbed of people who accuse others of not being climate scientists, was elated at the IEA's leap of illogic. CTV chortled, quote, All future fossil fuel projects must be scrapped if the world is to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and to stand any chance of limiting warming to 1.5 C, the International Energy Agency said Tuesday, end quote. And Climate Home News was popping the bubbly, or perhaps something suitably uncarbonated, quote, Watershed moments don't come around too often in the slow world of climate diplomacy. But the International Energy Agency's first comprehensive scenario to align the energy sector with limiting global heating to 1.5 C is a major turning point, end quote. Again, mistaking words for deeds and confusing posing for a statue with earning one. Actually, as soon as the IEA said, hey everyone, out of the oil patch, a rousing chorus of raspberries was heard from Japan to Australia to the Philippines to Indonesia. As Reuters put it concisely, quote, Asia snubs IEA's call to stop new fossil fuel investments, end quote. And while the IEA may prate things like that the, quote, gap between rhetoric and action needs to close if we are to have a fighting chance of reaching net zero by 2050 and limiting the rise in global temperatures to 1.5 degrees C, doing so requires nothing short of the total transformation of the energy systems that underpin our economies, end quote, and say, quote, we are in a critical year at the start of a critical decade for these efforts, end quote, and lay out 400 clear milestones, and speak of, quote, the potential to create millions of new jobs and boost economic growth, end quote, the fact is that without subsidies, entrepreneurs aren't rushing in because the economics of alternative energy don't work. Which is why governments are rushing in, including paying people like the IAA to say things like, quote, another guiding principle of the roadmap is that clean energy transitions must be fair and inclusive, leaving nobody behind, end quote, and, quote, the global pathway to net zero emissions by 2050, detailed in this report, requires all governments to significantly strengthen and then successfully implement their energy and climate policies, end quote. And, quote, the path to net zero emissions is narrow. Staying on it requires immediate and massive deployment of all available clean and efficient energy technologies, end quote. Yeah, why didn't we think of that? Now, if only we had some. Uh, by the way, the world of government-funded climate orthodoxy also now includes the U.S. National Park Service deciding that climate change means they can't really preserve the parks anymore, but they might be able to salvage a few unappealing species. And with any luck, that report was just verbiage, and having issued it, they'll carry on as before. But the New York Times is confident that disaster looms. Quote, For more than a century, the core mission of the National Park Service has been preserving the natural heritage of the United States. But now, as the planet warms, transforming ecosystems, the agency is conceding that its traditional goal of absolute conservation is no longer viable in many cases. Which ecosystems specifically they think that have been transformed by putative warming since Victorian times of just over 1 degree centigrade, that's since 1880, and much of that warming natural, they don't bother to specify. Let us not be detained by mere facts. Net zero or Yellowstone gets it. However, a bit unusually, all is not bleak. In what is normally the dark and dismal world of climate change, a ray of sunshine just burst through the clouds on a West African hillside to reveal the lost world of Kafia stenophylla. 
The story does say the usual stuff about how climate change is going to kill our main coffee crops. But then it says there are other varieties, including the Heritage Stenophila, that will make it through the crisis. And apparently, unlike that beer made of dandelions and ditch water, Stenophila actually tastes good. In fact, they make it sound so good we want some. And here's something we'd like to have while we drink it. Stephen Coonan's new book, Unsettled. What climate science tells us, what it doesn't, and why it matters. Which we consider the biggest intellectual event in the climate debate in years. Not just for what he says, but for who he is. A very senior former Obama administration climate official with a PhD in nuclear physics, who's fed up with all the misrepresentation. Now, what we don't want here is for people to say, nya, nya, he's not a climate scientist, as if there were some particular degree in that field that you have to have or you're a gibbering dolt. And to underline that point, it's obvious, I think, that we are not fans of Michael Mann. But we don't say he's not a climate scientist because his PhD is in geology and geophysics. Just as we don't say that Phil Jones, formerly of the Climatic Research Unit at the University of East Anglia, isn't a climate scientist because his PhD is in hydrology. As for Naomi Oreskes, her PhD is in the slightly unusual field of geological research and the history of science. But that doesn't make her not a climate scientist, even if she does seem bad at statistical analysis, and apparently also attended the University of Paranoia, including with respect to Exxon. Here at the Climate Discussion Nexus, we are firm believers in the educated layperson in every field from economics to geopolitics to climate science, and for that matter, architecture or history. But whatever else he may be, Kunin isn't some Exxon-funded ignoramus. He's a scientist who thinks humans are contributing to warming the planet, but he's had serious second thoughts about the alarmist exaggerations from weather to melting Greenland ice, economic catastrophe, the reliability of climate models, and the supposed scientific consensus. So go ahead, read his book. You have the right. Now, speaking of having the right to an opinion, activists on the left are frustrated that people say they care about global warming, but not very much. And they're liable to be horrified by a recent finding that viewers of Fox News are much more likely to know how much the planet is thought to have warmed since Victorian times than viewers of ABC, CNN, or MSNBC, a surprising number of whom tell surveyors that they think humans could become extinct within a century and that the planet has warmed by 5 degrees Fahrenheit or more since 1890. So it turns out that it doesn't matter how smug you are. You should read Kunin and get some facts. A category that to us does not include iceberg found off glacier. Though one was, and it's very big. But what's not solid fact is that NBC made it about climate, saying, quote, it's not uncommon for an ice shelf to shed, and calving events occur naturally as these sprawling frozen platforms advance and contract. In recent decades, however, scientists have said climate change is causing worrisome changes across the Antarctic region. Global warming can, for instance, accelerate an ice shelf's retreat and cause it to collapse, according to the National Snow and Ice Data Center." End quote. Yeah, it can. But is it? Because... As for these worrisome changes, we learn in the fine print that, quote, while A76 is huge, it's only about one-third the size of the biggest iceberg in recorded history. That designation belongs to an iceberg named B-15 that calved off of Antarctica's Ross Ice Shelf 21 years ago. The B-15 iceberg covered more than 4,200 square miles when it broke away, according to NASA's Earth Observatory, end quote. So there you have a typical example of hype backed by innuendo about how the ice is melting, the seas are rising, and we're all going to die because of a perfectly normal event we know was also happening back in the cool, comfy 20th century. 
Now, if you want to try and provoke another hysterical reaction from the usual suspects, we once again offer what sounds like deniest sloganeering liable to get you banned on Facebook, but actually paraphrases a past IPCC finding. This week's entry, quote, Scientists have shown that most warming happens where economies have been growing, which means the temperature record is contaminated by urbanization. The IPCC tried to deny it in one of their reports, but they later admitted their supposed counter-evidence was made up out of thin air. And although some climate scientists also try to explain it away, the evidence shows the contamination of the temperature record is real." End quote. And this week's source? The IPCC's fifth assessment report in 2013, Working Group 1, page 189, which reads in part, quote, McKittrick and Michaels, 2007, concluded that about half the reported warming in the global average land surface air temperature in 1980 to 2002 resulted from local land surface changes and faults in the observations, end quote. Our newsletter also brings you, from the pages of the tabloids via co2science.org, murder. Specifically, the claim that man-made global warming will cause more violent crime. Apparently, that statistical correlation between heat and crime breaks down if you correct for economic conditions. Which I might add means that if net zero causes more poverty, it will actually create precisely what it claims to prevent, at least here. Now what's more, another CO2Science.org report is of a study of temperature and turmoil in China that found that over 4,000 years it wasn't heat but cold that correlated with war and unrest, and that there was a medieval warm period there too. Which we all knew anyway, right? No matter what the IEA says. Just as you know that for the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, I'm still CO2 positive, and I'm asking you to subscribe, send money, and keep cool.